It's time for the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores. Capital Mazda, Stevens Creek Mazda, Concord Mazda, and Team Mazda. Hey, it's Shondell Grand. And right now we've got a huge selection of brand new Mazdas with exciting spring incentives across our entire lineup. Plus, you can buy your new Mazda completely online with our exclusive no-brainer checkout. Don't miss the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores in San Jose, Concord, and Vallejo. Hey there, welcome to The Undercurrent. I'm Tara Sloan. I hope everyone out there is enjoying a healthy dose of playoff hockey, more than a little bit of a sore spot in these parts, but still um, great games, great series. It's been a lot of fun. I am excited this week to introduce everyone to a Bay Area hockey icon. And no, I'm not talking about Joe Thornton or a big NHL name, but I'm talking about someone who has made a huge impact behind the scenes for three decades. Those who know, know how important the work power skating coach Kathy Andrade does is. She's not only the instructor the pros go to when they need help with their edges, just ask Joe Pavelski, but she's also the one pros send their kids to, which to me says so much about the caliber of Kathy's work and the amount of trust people have in her. Thousands and thousands of hockey players have come through her program. There is no doubt Kathy Andrade has made hockey in the Bay Area better. I caught up with Kathy at the Extra Hour Training Facility in San Jose, which she runs with her husband, Randy, for both this podcast and for our feature series, Making Waves. You'll be able to see the video in the coming weeks. But for now, for The Undercurrent, meet Kathy Andrade. So, Kathy, we're here at your amazing facility in San Jose, and I want to get all the info on that, but I... I want to start at the beginning, if that's okay. Is it okay? It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, I mean, the road to here um, is filled with so many things for you. You're a Calgary kid? Yep. So, when did you first get on skates? Well, I think my story is like many Canadians. Dad put the little portable rink in the backyard, and so started skating in the backyard. The Canadian winters the Canadian allow winter. for that, right? Yep. Um, and were you in figure skates first? Or hockey skates first? Yep, started as a figure skater. Um, so the community right at the end of the school ground had a rink, and so literally was able to walk to school, walk to the rink, back and forth. So started my journey on skates and figure skates and um, ended up in hockey skates. And here you are. Okay, well, let's stick with the figure skating for a okay. while because obviously that, for you that got very serious. So take me through kind of your, your journey um, as a figure skater. So I wasn't uber talented. I had to put a lot of hours and a lot of time into figure skating. Um, school figures was a big part of skating back then. So got up very early before school and would spend hours doing school figures. And in hindsight, that's what's given me the tools mm. to parlay into a different sport. Um, worked my way up, finished triple gold figure freestyle and dance. I was competitive dancer but I didn't compete at a high high level I always knew I wanted to coach and I was trained by two Olympians at the end of my career which really taught me how to become a coach because they knew that I wanted to uh, Winnie Silverthorne was one of my mentors who 
I, who inspired me in so many ways because she coached Brian Pokar at the time. Mm -hmm. She would go to a world championship, come home, and we'd work side by side coaching and training eight-year-olds. So my transition was young. At 18 or 17, I turned pro, finished my goals, and then started coaching young from there. I mean, to me, that strikes me as unique to have the the drive to coach at such a young age. It seems yeah. like a lot of people, you know, finish some kind of career, whether it be, you know, professional or competitive, yeah. and then they turn to coaching. But it seems like you had your mind set on that much earlier. I did, and maybe it's because I wasn't a natural natural. I had to think about how I was doing it, and I had to learn. I had to really learn how. And I think that pro players in any sport, if you're such a talent and you just do it, you don't think maybe how. Hmm. And so I found that really interesting. Um, and I just always had the desire to pass that on. So, and I don't know why, because I'm a little bit of introverted by nature, uh -huh. but I felt like that's what I was kind of made to do. Huh. And I can't explain that. No one's ever asked me that. That's yeah. really interesting. It, that it my is. desire wasn't my personal part, but it's what I wanted to do with it. So, so how did it begin for you, the coaching path? So, like I said, turned pro at 17 and actually went to my first convention. I wasn't even legal drinking age. So I was flung into this older position at a young age. Um, uh, my first job was at the Calgary Winter Club. Um, I think I was really fortunate to be able to land some great coaching jobs up front. Um, was given great opportunity and and I was able to communicate and I guess articulate in a, at, a high, at a young age. I was coaching people that were teenagers. Mm -hmm. So it's really interesting when I do look back because, um, yeah, that's a tough one. I don't like that answer. <laughs> <laughs> you that's a tough question. Here. That's a no, tough question. But I think like, it's you're, wow. Like, that's a hard question. No, but I think it's, so, I it's so interesting. I mean, so... Okay, so you're a teenager coaching teenagers. Yeah, yeah. To be clear, you're coaching figure skating at this point? Figure skating. Okay. All figure skating, yeah. Okay, so for me, what's super interesting is the pivot, the word of the last few years, yeah. uh, into hockey. Were you always a hockey fan? So I was a hockey fan. Um, just watched it a little bit at home, but and my brother played hockey. But at that time, it... No, at that time, I was, I, it was there, it was in the background, it was always, but I wasn't like a passionate young girl that watched hockey. Mm -hmm. um, I taught community hockey in figure skates at the time, until if we're flash forwarding a little bit, when I moved to California, I was still in figure skates. I was given the pair of hockey skates because it was assumed, you're Canadian, you know skating, and... So I moved here in 92. Um, I was at Eastridge for 12 years. It was a community rink. I was handed a pair of hockey skates. And then I found out they're flying in the hockey staff from Rochester. And now I'm like scared. So I go in the office and I'm like, put the skates on the desk. You don't need power skating. You're flying in all these guys. And he's like, Kathy, you're doing it. So I had to figure out how I'm going to parlay my skills from one sport to the next. There's no internet. They're just... Like, there's one book. Like, right. thank you, Laura Stamm. Um, stepped on the ice, did my first hockey school, and as scared as I was, 
I was like, I can actually contribute a lot mm. to these players. Uh, my little story flash forward from there is when Joe Pavelski hired me in 2009, I walked back into that manager's office and I said, thank you for putting those skates back on the desk because I didn't know what that would have looked like. And at that little community rink, that's where I launched Power Hour in 98, which ended up being the Power Hour, or um, Bay Area's first formal power skating program. Okay, so that manager though, I mean, that is, this is at a time, you know, before hockey teams had power skating coaches. So this was a pretty early adoption yeah. of this, you know, hybrid yeah. model. So yeah. first of all, who was the manager and how did this occur to them? So his name is Ron Glasso and I worked for him for 12 years and he had Golden State Hockey School at the time. And like I said, it was a tiny community rink, but he always brought in great coaches and there's so many players that came out of that community rank. And I don't know, I, I thank him for the belief he had in me. And he was on the ice when I was kind of trying to figure out what this power hour would look like. And I remember one of the first pilot ones, it was an hour and a half and running the players through drills and they're dying. And I'm like, is this hard? Like, this, like should this be hard? And there was a mom who, I, I taught all three of her boys and one of them still coaches with me and she's bribing the one boy to get back on the ice. It's like, you're going. And the kid's like, where did she come up with this? <laughs> so I was like, I didn't know, like, is this hard? Is this, I just expected, you know, hockey players worked hard. And um, so I learned a lot. Yeah. And Ron was, I thank him to this day. So what, for you, I mean, when you're in these early days when you're using these transferable skills, like, what did you realize that you could bring to the hockey environment? I realized that all the years of working on the tiny details and hanging on those circles on one foot and working on air positions for years, to be able to look at someone skating, see, see what's there, and then actually help fix that and change that happened quickly mm -hmm. because you would take a player and then all of a sudden you're getting calls from their teammates like what are you doing how did you do that so I really realized that that's something that can be changed that's something that's the fundamental of their sport if you can't swim you can't play water polo well if you can't skate you can't right. play hockey so it was so empowering to be like I can give these kids the feet I can help them do and be the best that they can do with all their other skills. Um, so I just found it super rewarding and the results seem to be a little bit faster than mm -hmm. some of the details that happen in the figure skating world. Interesting. So now you coach people of all ages. Um, what's, uh, what's most important when a child is first starting out? I think giving them solid solid fundamentals right. and a solid foundation. I'm just launching my eight-week power hour and I just told the kids last night it's it's like telling somebody to move their feet isn't teaching them how to skate. Hmm. So the messaging that they get is just move your feet, move your feet and so if you're just piling speed on bad technique mm -hmm. now we just we have just have things moving. Uh, Billy Guerin has a great great quote which is on my wall it's if you use improper technique quickly, it just means you go nowhere faster. So Ooh, I believe good. for younger players, it's giving them solid foundation that they can grow on. If not, you gotta come in, you gotta plug those holes at some point. 
especially now with the skating. Uh, so, yeah, so I'm, like, I'm wow. wondering what you've seen. So, you know, you were one of the sort of earliest probably power skating coaches around hockey. Um, now it seems to be much more common. What have you seen in terms of the growth of this discipline? Yeah, you know, doing this for four decades and just looking at it in chunks of 10 years um, and having that decade where being a woman in a man's sport being part one, but part two, what do you mean I'm working on skating without a puck? So educating the skating piece, let alone figure skater piece, let alone women piece, it's like there has been a lot of change just even you don't need to walk into a rink now and prove why you have to work on your skating. Mm. I would show up in 20 years ago up north in a small rink coaching 16, 18-year-olds. The dads are in the parking lot. I can feel the roll of the eyes as I'm walking in with it like, oh, make them sweat, which is a big pet peeve of mine. Right. <laughs> because in my mind I'm saying, how about I teach them something? And, right. and then walking out and the dads, oh, like, do you teach privates? It's like... Okay, you were rolling the, like, so I think it's come so far. It's like mm. now at least we don't have to prove why we have to work on skating. Mm. Let alone, like, former figure skater, or why are we without a puck? And so there's a lot's changed along that road. Can we talk a little bit more about the, the woman piece, as you, as you call it? I mean, because it, I mean, it's still a male-dominated world, but we're seeing a lot of changes. And um, things like the NHL Coaches Association, female yeah. development, programs, you know, making a big difference yeah. and the needle is starting to move. But um, was that ever a deterrent for you or you, you just were determined to do your work and change hearts and minds by, you know, demonstrating the final result? Yeah. Um, I was always someone that just believed in working hard and believed that my work would speak for itself. Um, would I tell my younger self something different? Maybe. I would have maybe given it a voice and I maybe had some opportunities along the way, but always just believed in working hard and letting things speak for itself. And I like to think that that's where I am now, mm -hmm. being able to look back at what I've done and in this last decade, hoping to leave legacy and impact. And um, we're now opening our second extra hour in the, this summer. So just hoping to grow as much as I can and make impact at this point. But yeah, would have maybe given a voice when I should have a few times along the way. It's not, it's not easy to know how to navigate no. that stuff, I, I know as well as you do. Um, I want to ask you to brag. I'm put put mm. your humility aside. I know you're a very humble person, but you've had some very famous clients who you know, sing your praises, including Jonathan Chichu. Um, just who are, who are some names that we recognize who you've worked with? Joe Pavelski was the first player that hired me um, privately in 2009. Um, definitely set the bar high there. Um, I learned a lot. Um, and I think the, the biggest thing there was stepping on the ice with somebody like him who was mm -hmm. so ready to work. Um, a true student of the game, but for me it was like, okay, Kathy, it's the same. It's the same stuff. I thought I might have to reinvent. Um, he was great. He pulled in a lot of few, a lot of players along the way. Um, Jonathan Chichu, um, 
who is one of my second generation players, Victor Tikhanov, I coached when he was eight and now just saw him in Nashville last week. So to have family, friends, um, hockey family, and now teach his second generation. Um, so yeah, there's been a few players in the off season. Kevin LeBanc was our most recent trained up on the skating treadmill with us last year. So worked with him a few summers ago. So a few along the way. <laughs> and I also think it says so much about you, um, you know, that these players, and there's a very long list of players who uh, are bringing their families to you. Players like Patrick Marlowe and Joe Thornton yeah. and Jonathan Tichu, and the list yeah. goes on, yeah. um, because they know your work and they trust you. That's, that's a big deal. It is a big deal, and I take big responsibility for that. Um, Scott Hannon and Mark Smith brought their teams in all last year, and even when I started Extra Hour, not knowing what I was doing, I brought in Owen Nolan and Scott Hannon, Rob Zettler, Jamie Baker, who I miss terribly, and said, hey, like, am I crazy? I've got pillars. Like, if you were going to do shooting lanes, what would you do? I didn't know. I didn't have a business plan for what this became. So I'm very grateful, and I don't take for granted any of these men that come in and let alone entrust their kids to us, and I thank them for that. Yeah, it's very cool. So this leads us to where we're sitting today in this incredible facility. Um, did you kind of have a blueprint when you were starting out at all? Mm. You know, I didn't because I was approached by a group of men that said, hey, we want to start a facility. Would you be interested in training on the skating treadmill? And at that point, I had been coaching 31, 32 years, and I thought, interesting. I could parlay what I do on the ice to this machine, even though people are very polarized. They didn't know about it. A mm. um, little bit of backdrop there. I, I, after I accepted it, I flew back and worked with Carrie Keel, like myself, woman, coached NTDP. She coached and every NHL American-born player for almost 18 years. So wow. I, I kind of was confident, like, yes, I can definitely do this, let alone having a mirror that makes it on the fly. But back up a little bit. Um, these men approached me. I came to visit the treadmill, which was gifted to me, actually. Huh. Um, it was in storage. So I came, saw the space, and then these men dropped away. So here I am with the treadmill, and I thought, I can, pro I can maybe do this. And then I'm like, what would this look like? And then this building we're in was leased by a family. I taught all their kids back at Eastridge. Ironically, there again, you walk in, there's a hockey family. Would you consider this? Yes, we would. So started out with some shooting lanes. Um, got a little bit busier, took a little bit more square footage. Then I needed to bring my husband, who's owned an array of businesses. I was like, I can't do all this. Uh, took more square footage, COVID hit. So. That was our silver lining. We were able to build the mini rink that you see over there. My son, husband, and I constructed that while we were teaching skating in the parking lot for 120 days. Learned a lot of skills there we've been able to bring in. So mm -hmm. there's God's gifting again. Um, so no, I didn't have a business plan. I now have a family business. I went from having a job to a business, which has hmm. been a different skill set. Um, wearing different hats. I'll sometimes be like, why am I doing marketing? I don't know anything about marketing. Why am I <laughs> wearing all these new hats? Um, and now being able to impact the hockey community, we have players that come from Monterey, Napa, Stockton. I'll have four kids on the treadmill that are a Blackhawk, a 
black star, a cougar, a shark. So teaching life lessons to kids that are, as Jamie Baker would say, you know, making others better. Mm. Um, so all genders, all ages, all clubs. So I love how we can spread our wing across the hockey community. I don't know if I answered your question. No, you absolutely <laughs> I did. I went off on no, a different it's, tangent. it's great. I'm so, so, I mean, this whole venture is so interesting and your path is so interesting. How rewarding is it when you see, you know, the improvement uh, from a kid? You know, you've worked with them for a year and then all of a sudden they yeah. just, they start to fly. You know, to see kids be able to achieve their their best is rewarding on all levels. Um, and I said this in another interview, but it's worth repeating. I've coached, so, I've coached for so long, you kind of know the process, but pulling my husband in who doesn't come from this hmm. industry and to be able to go home and sit down and have him say, did you see so-and-so what they did today? And then I'll be like, yeah, you, wow, like you're right, like wow. Because you, you may, I never want to take that for granted, but sometimes we do because I'm looking to challenge them the next step. So I'm like, okay, they can do that, let's go, let's go, let's go, where I need to stop in what you're saying, appreciate what they are doing. But my goal is just to get them to a place where they can play their game and never have to worry about their feet. Mm -hmm. And I'll say to players, I don't play hockey, which gets their attention, but it would be a bad situation to be in where my, I have the IQ, I have the hands, and I don't have the feet. I just want to gift you with the feet to do what you do best. So it is rewarding. I love that. Gift you with the feet. <laughs> so, I mean, is this as big as you want to get? Are you as busy mm. as you want to be? Seems pretty, you I seem am. pretty busy. I'm pretty yeah. busy. So, this last decade, throw the word retirement out there maybe, but um, I just want to um, make the impact now. Like, this is the first time we've had a year-round, five-day-a-week hockey mm. skating school, which... I found some goals I wrote 10 years ago and it was written on my goal sheet. So it was pretty cool to say that we achieved it. Um, I'm about as busy as I want to do, so I need to learn how to work smarter. Yeah. Um, and my son, who I'm blessed to be able to work and get, get ideas and collaborate with him and maybe pass things on. So hoping to pass on something that can even grow at a faster rate and I say sometimes to myself, maybe he can do what I never did with it. But then when I think, I did a pretty good job for something that started off as a passion. Mm -hmm. and didn't know and didn't have a business plan. Mm. So thank you, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> and you've been in the Bay Area for almost as long as the Sharks, I guess. What does Ironically, being, same time. Yeah, what does this part of the world mean to you that you're doing this here in what was never before considered a traditional hockey market. Yeah, irony, right? I always thought I would be in Calgary. Never thought I would be now a California girl. Didn't think that the A would be replaced by a huh. <laughs> you sound so American when I call home. Um, yeah, just to see the progression and to see hockey grow here and just those six rinks over there, right, at Shark's Ice mm -hmm. and to walk in and see Barracuda and... It just seems too fast, too. It seems like, how could this have happened since 92 and 91? And just to be a little part of it has been, been amazing. Not so happened little. quick. Not yeah. So, not so little. Fast, fast. Yeah, no, you're too <laughs> humble. Don't, don't sell yourself short. So, 
That was the end of the interview at Kathy's Extra Hour Training Facility, but she texted me a little bit later and she just felt really like she wanted to say more about the Golden State Hockey School. So I said, Kathy, just send me a voice memo and we'll tack it on because I know she feels so much gratitude and she is so humble. She wants to give everyone their due. So here's a little bit extra from Kathy. Hey, Tar, it's Kathy Andrade. I wanted to thank you for the podcast interview. It was great having you an extra hour. And I've been super reflective on one of the questions that you asked me about my transition from figure skating to hockey. And I don't think I fully explained the impact that Golden State Hockey School had on me at Eastridge Ice Rink. I know I told you that Ron Glasso gave me the skates, but he was super encouraging and pushing me to go out of my comfort zone. And I thank him for that. Uh, Guy Hoffberg is one of the coaches that he flew in from RIT where he had huge success. And he brought in coaches like Matt Thomas and Ryan Mujanal, who are now American Hockey League coaches. Um, Guy is like a top mental performance coach in corporate America and with pro athletes. And he really, really taught and showed me the value of relationship as it comes to coaching hockey players. Roy Summer was another coach at that camp who I worked a lot with until the early 2000s. And he's a great example of commitment and the love of the game. The winningest coach of the AHL who is just retired. So congratulations, Roy. Uh, Well-deserved there. Rob Zettler was the guest shark at that first camp. He played for the Sharks twice, an assistant coach for the Sharks twice, and he's responsible for us being able to drink out of the Stanley Cup. He brought that back from Tampa. But I also had the chance to work with him firsthand, and he's a big part of the Positive Coaching Alliance. And I worked with him in Tahoe at his pro Zettler camps and was exposed to more coaches that influenced me, like Tom Peterson and Jamie Baker and... A lot of great positive communication and hockey skills being taught there that I was able to be a part of firsthand. So I just want to thank you for the opportunity to express some thanks to these coaches. And I'm preparing to do a big presentation for the coaches site in Ann Arbor, University of Michigan in June. And I will definitely be tapping into all of these skills and all these experiences I've learned from all these hockey coaches. So thank you for that. I just want to thank Kathy so much. She uh, set up her whole facility for us, had some uh, little skaters there, and Jonathan Chichu showed up. We got to talk to him, which you can see on the video portion for Making Waves. Anyway, Kathy is just so wonderful, um, and her whole family. Everyone's just amazing. So thanks, Kathy. Thanks to you for listening. This has been The Undercurrent. I am Tara Sloan. I will catch you soon. In the meantime, keep your fins above water.